All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Jump Search Sessions. Super excited. Always love doing these live uh, and then catching them on the old podcast if you're there listening. <sighs> so today, uh, this is going to be a fun little topic. So I won't say the person or anything. There's no, no shame on the person. Um, but I've been studying you know, human behavior and personality here for uh, the last about six years. And the epitome of all of that I've been learning and all that I've been teaching and helping uh, with other people's and with myself came to fruition in a message just the other day that I got where somebody had brought something up about like a Facebook group and whatever. And I was like, you know what? I, I really like people more than I like computers. And he instantly types back, and I like computers more than I like people. And so... <laughs> It really, really says a lot, not about that person, but about life and business and everything in general and what job you may have, what you may be doing right now. Because here's the problem that I really see in all the people that I work with and in my own life and others' lives of whether or not how happy they are or not happy is that at times, how much choice we believe we have will then dictate how we live our life and what kind of jobs we have, what kind of business we have, et cetera, et cetera. So in this instance, if you are a person who likes, and again, that doesn't mean you hate people. It doesn't mean you don't have any friends. It doesn't mean you never want to talk to people or vice versa, whatever. But we're just going to go the 80-20, right? If you're the person who says, I like computers more than people, or I like people more than computers, here's the thing. People who like computers more than people, a lot of times or a lot in life can end up at jobs or building businesses where they spend more time with people than they do computers, right? So that idea that if you like computers more than people and you have a job where you deal with people more than computers, that's gonna cause a problem. And the opposite is true too. If you are a connector, if you are a people person, if you like that more than the computer, then the reality is if you end up in a job or have a business where you spend more time in front of the computer than you do with people, that will cause a problem. Now, hey everybody, look at this. We got all sorts of people here. Zach Middleton, Clay, Ryan, Johnny, Nolan, Linda, Jesse. Give me a rock and roll if you're here in the comments live right now. I appreciate it. But so that's what I found. And so for me, when I bring up you know procrastination on here, recently, I mean, there's a couple things here. As soon as my buddy shares it, I'm gonna be sharing it on my wall. I'm gonna share it like crazy. And it's this video by my uh, good friend, Brett Culp. And it's kind of titled, in my opinion, it should be titled 767. And it's this idea that, not an idea, but it was real back in the day where the, the jets were, were trying to get up to, you know, break the sound barrier. But all the way until they hit 767 miles per hour, there was enormous amounts of resistance and there was so much shaking and the planes thought they were going to fall apart. But as soon as it hit 767 and beyond, it got smooth. And so I've been thinking about that a lot lately, a lot lately, because some of the things I've been working on, there's been this resistance, but it's been positive. And I think whenever we're working towards something that we really want in life, there's going to be this resistance. There's going to be things pulling us back. There's going to be things saying, ah, just give up. Oh, you don't really want to, ah, that's not possible. But can we break the sound barrier, right? Can we break the barrier that is right there preventing us from having all that we could ever dream of? And so in that instance, if you've built a life where you have to spend the majority of the time doing what you really don't prefer, that's a problem. And the reality is, like I said, in that message where the guy, I said, I really like people more than computers. And he said, I like computers more than people is that I find the personality types who love Facebook and love Facebook groups and love details and organization and structure and systems and step-by-step. -step, and they'd prefer to type in text than they would to talk and connect via talking, via face-to-face Right? It doesn't mean they don't have friends. It doesn't mean you literally hate people. It's just if a preference from the 80-20 perspective, you'd rather spend your time in front of the computer and typing people back and forth and instant messaging people 
in doing that than you would out and about talking and connecting and talking on the phone and doing that. Whereas for me, that's how I am. I'm the opposite there, right? I would much rather spend the majority of my time talking to people, connecting to people than I would the opposite. And so what I find is, and then for any of you out there listening right now, is if you're down and out and you're feeling depressed and things aren't working out and things aren't going in your favor and it just feels like, ugh, all the time, take inventory of your day-to-day and are you that person who prefers people over computers or computers over people? And then how much time are you spending depending on who you are? Right. And so for me, as soon as I start spending too much time on the computer and twiddling around on the computer and email or website or whatever it is where I'm just dabbling with things where I'm not actually talking to people and interacting and connecting and I'm not doing any of that. That's where I really lose my groove, really lose my momentum. And I really kind of get my energy goes down and. I'm really not enjoying myself. I start to get in a funk, and and then it's like, well, how do I get out of this funk? And so, here in the comments right now, I'd love to know <laughs> if you want to type it. You know, uh, whether or not you feel like you are a computer over people or people over computer. Like, where do you sit? And then the question is: in your life, in your business, in your career, is that in alignment? And I would gamble that the people who feel like it's in alignment, that they're having a blast and they're really enjoying life the majority of the time. And the people who that's out of sync for and that's out of alignment are the ones who mm, aren't enjoying things quite as much. (laughs) And I can see it so clearly now that when I am doing things that are not with people, I am not enjoying myself. So what do we got here? People over a computer every day, right? So my challenge, Zach, right, and what the work we're doing together is is in that vein, right? Too many times we have the clarity around that. I'm, I'm a people person over computers. Okay, fantastic. Now, how much time do we spend in that way? And if 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 you've got something set up now where it's not a lot, then we have to go, how do we create that? Like my goal in life that I really have worked, I'm, pr- I'm, pretty, I'm pretty close to having it on a lot of levels, is that I don't want to have to almost do anything. Typing, computers, details, organization, structure. Like if it's necessary, then I need to have somebody else, right? If it's a necessary thing, right? If it has to be done for like taxes or something that have to be done. And the reality is I shouldn't be doing it (laughs) because no matter what I say, no matter what time passes, no matter what goes down, I don't change that aspect of me. Um, It's like me being a fish and I'm trying to climb a tree. So Linda says, uh, people person sitting in an office by myself, the majority. Right. So my question would be then, I mean, you can make this work or not, but it's like, so how much time by your, by myself, the majority of the time, right? So how much joy does that bring you? Or how much does that wear you down? How much does that de-energize you, right? A person who loves that being in an office by themselves is more energized by that. But a person who doesn't typically is very de-energized by that. And so at times we know exactly what we've got to do. Uh, and, and recently for me, you know, it's interesting because I've been thinking about that 767, that break in the barrier, that break in the barrier. And the reality is some of the stuff I've been working on um, with my business, with my coaching business, with my, you know, uh, jump starters is that I've always hidden behind people. I've always hidden behind anything and everything. I hid behind my videos. I hid behind multiple business partners. I've always, believe it or not, <laughs> I know that some people are finding me today and and could find this hard to believe. Uh, Some of my today has been far less of this for sure. Um, But the majority of my career had me going, it's not me. You want my video or you want what that person that I'm partnered up with has to offer. 
I'm just this smiley thumbs up guy who you think is nice and that's it. But you really want what this other person have to offer, what this business has to offer, what my video has to offer, something else. And so through my career, I've spent time doing things that I'm capable and competent of, but I shouldn't be doing. And that drained me. And at the times where I've broken the barrier, right, and I'm in flow and I'm in the zone, magic happens. It's effortless. It's easy. It's fun. It's enjoyable. I'm having a blast. And so one of my recent shifts is for years I've called, you know, my company Jumpstarters, my coaching business. It said Jumpstarters. And recently the big breakthrough is that, and it was today, I've had it before. People have said it to me, like Michael Gavin, you're the Jumpstarter. Right. But the thing is, I wasn't still owning it. Right. I was still the name Jumpstarters came up in 2014. But I came up and said, I'm I'm really I'm like a jumpstarter. I said that to my grandpa because I said the people I do work with that say I've changed their life. I'm like, it's kind of like you leave the lights on in your car, the battery dies and I jump it and, you know, and off it goes. And that was what was happening. And so the thing is, is that uh, I was so made to believe from other people that you need a scalable, leverageable, sellable, something other kind of bull type of business. And so Jumpstarters was built because I didn't want it to be me because I don't want to be the person who has to do everything and blah, 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 blah. And and that worked to a degree. But the reality is I want to have a life and business where I'm doing for business and in my life, the activities I want to do all the time. And for me, building and selling businesses is not me, but that was the people giving me the advice, right? And so now my biggest blessing for me to serve and coach and help others and jumpstart others is all my life experience that led me to right here on this particular session that we're doing right now today is the fact that all these life experiences have molded me to have a high level of empathy for a person who basically, as Linda's saying, definitely uh, 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 de-energized, she's saying, um, would like a big shift but would also need a big push, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, what do you recommend building leadership skills as a filmmaker director? Um, And say a little bit more about that, Anthony, too, because I can chime that in. Um, But so here's the thing, is that, it's interesting, like, you know, there was a lady, I, I, you can check out the post, um, I don't have the, the thing on me, um, uh, but basically this lady, uh, 41 years ago, had cancer, and at the time, insurance companies were able to drop you, so this lady got dropped from her insurance, she had insurance, got diagnosed with cancer, they dropped her. Over the course of time, she had a lot of bills. Those bills were upwards of, I think, I'd have to look at the exact numbers, but were over $700,000 in medical bills. At one point in time, she had, I think it was five or six pills a day. There were $5,000 a pill. They gave her 30 days to live. They said, you're going to have to, uh, you know, get your affairs in order, tell people what you need to tell them, get all ready, and be ready to pass. I get emotional even thinking about this because I, I believe that there's so many people who have died from cancer that I know personally, and I believe that doctors and people do people a great disservice because it's kind of the white coat syndrome, and it's that idea that somebody with a white coat tells you something, it must be true. And so too many people in life, whether someone has a white coat or not, tells you something, and you believe that it's true. So the older you are, the more you're conditioned to believe that life should be hard and difficult and lots of effort and it should be stressful and things of value are effort and hard, right? But that doesn't mean we don't have to put in any effort. But at the same time, the more I surround myself with a different way of thinking and a different type of person who doesn't think that way, the more I lean into the fact that It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't need to be hard and difficult and stressful and horrible all the time. And that's just the way life is, right? And so this lady is still alive 41 years later. And she's since started a a company where she has these oven mitts. And essentially, she's given 100% of the profits 
um, of those oven mitts to individuals with cancer medical bills, and they've helped over 2,200 people. And if I remember correctly, she said only six have passed away out of those 2,200 people. And uh, she went before Congress, and I, I guess she was part of the one getting a bill passed so that people, you know, the insurance companies can't drop you. Um, but one of the things that she did is she got her affairs in order. Now, she didn't think, she didn't give up, but there was part of this, okay, well, I don't know. I believe it's possible. I believe I could get through this, and I believe miracles could happen. At the same time, I'll surrender. I don't know. So I'm going to tell people things that need to be said that are heavy on my heart that I don't want them to have to weigh on them. I get emotional telling this lady's story um, because it's so powerful because we all have that, right? We're all carrying some kind of weight on our shoulders that we think I'd have to have a big push, unfortunately, Okay, well, what would just happen if you leaned into it today, starting today, and it took you five years? So what's five years versus a, well, big push. And if there's no big push, right, what's big push? Getting fired, you know, company downsizing, has to let you go, right? Those elements are typically the big pushes for people. Cancer, right? Something horrible happening. That's when we move, right? The inciting incident. That's when we move. The interesting thing is, is we always can do that. That's always there. It's just a label that we make up. It's just something we place on something, right? There's plenty of people on this earth who have had miracles just like that lady. And there's plenty of people that haven't. And we can't always just say, well, it was just mindset. I I get it. There are so many variables But I do believe that when you believe that you're done, you're done. When you believe that it's not possible, it's not. If there's anything I've seen, it is that, that the power of the mind. There's this guy named Wim Hof, and he's the Iceman. And I don't know how many of you have heard of him, but this guy um, essentially – uh, he can sit in subarctic, you know, ice and he's at it where he did a test a study and he was in, uh, I don't remember the degree, but it was ice water basically for 80 minutes up to his neck and he came out, they did his blood, they did his skin, temperature didn't change one bit. Then they did something where extracted blood out of him, all these pints of blood, they infused, uh, E. coli into it. It didn't do anything to it, usually reacts. So then they said, well, <laughs> that's just your blood. Can we do it to you? So then they do it to him. Nothing happens to him. They said, well, you're a unicorn. You're crazy. You're, you're not normal. He goes, give me, uh, I think it was like four weeks or something. And he goes, give me 10 people. I will train them. And in 10 weeks, they'll be able to do the same. They did the test subjects. They had some that weren't through the training, some that did, some that do this and that. Basically, the ones who didn't have the training at all, they all got sick. And the ones who did, did not. And so to me, the mind is this magnificent, powerful uh, thing that a lot of us really don't understand, nor do we seek to understand, right? Um, and so it's just so powerful. And, and we see these things, but we, we already have a resistance and a disbelief that it's possible. If you're enjoying this, give some likes and love if you're catching it live. Um, and you can always catch the, the audios on Jumpstart Sessions, jumpstartsessions.net. Um, I'm gonna take a few little nuggets in here, but, um, but it's so powerful, right? It's so powerful. And I just see it day in and day out as I've interact with people. Cause it's one thing to watch a little square video on Facebook and it's five minutes long of some, you know, super emotional story and somebody breaking through and having something happen or watching a movie. But a lot of times those are just like, they're, they're not real to us. Right, it, it's imaginary. It's just ah, somebody's out there. You know, is that even real? Until it happens in our own life, until we meet a person face to face. The more people I've met face to face, who their lives are miracles. The more I see that we're miracles in and of ourselves, but the reality is, miracles can happen every day for every single one of us. We just don't think it's possible. We think too many things are impossible. I told this story recently about – I'm not a big sports fan, so this is just I, – I find whatever I happen to be involved with, I find the nuggets to extract out of it. So I used to be big into football. I played football in high school. After 
I finished high school, I started my business. For one reason or another, I got out of all sports and didn't follow any either for the most part, um, pretty much at all. But uh, probably haven't watched a full football game in 10-plus years at least. But we watched this year's um, Super Bowl. My wife's uh, stepdad, huge Chiefs fan, and uh, got my, my mom, my dad, my brother, my wife, you know, my stepfather, stepmom, and we all um, – or father-in-law, whichever one, <laughs> whichever one it is. Let's get those confused. But uh, we all got together and watched the entire game start to finish, commercials, the game, everything. And there's this interesting thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read this to you all really quickly. I think I've already possibly said this uh, in another episode or in a jumpstart story. I'm not sure. But regardless, it's worth repeating in context of what we have here. Um, but uh, here it is. So Dallas Cowboys coach Jimmy Johnson to his football players during the halftime at the 1993 Super Bowl. He said, I told them that if I laid a two-by-four across the room, everybody there would walk across it. No problem. Nobody would fall. Uh, because our focus would be that we are, are going to walk across that two-by-four. But if I place that same two-by-four ten stories high between two buildings, only a few would make it because the focus would be on falling Focus is everything. The team that is more focused today is the team that will win the game. And so I truly believe that. And I believe that what happened was is that the focus for them, the Chiefs were losing. Even my, you know, her, her, step, her stepdad, you know, essentially had given up. And I realized that they were focused on losing. So they were. Then they had nothing to lose, so they focused on winning. Thus they did. And I think from a day-to-day basis, we're focused so much on what we kind of have and what's not right about it and what we don't want that we don't focus on what we do want. And what I've started to learn is we have to shift things from what we don't want to what we do want. You could think it's the same thing, but I've just found from the power of focus is that you know, if you're focused on, if you have cancer and you're 100% focused on, I'm dead in 30 days, that's the end of me, then the reality is everything will point to it's not possible. Look at all the people who have died, and I'm being extreme here. And again, I've had, I got, if you're just catching it or, you know, watching the episode, you're listening to the episode, probably listen to the whole thing, but I've had a lot of people pass away, and I'm not saying that it was 100%, they, 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 it was all mindset and they just didn't have it and they would have lived. I'm not saying that, but I do believe it is a freaking large part of it. I mean, how come so many don't make it much further than the time they're given, right? How come so many live in the current reality without cancer or disease, but just live in a current work environment or business that they've built that they're miserable with? Because they're focused on the misery, we're focused on the bad, we're focused on it not working, right? And in focusing on that, we just get more and more and more and more of it. So let me see here. Um, So he says, as a filmmaker, I want to build the skills to lead groups of people and delegate the director as position. So here's the thing. This is back to things being hard or things being easy, at times, I really believe that we have the answers far more than we give ourselves credit for, right? There's information is in abundance. We're not lacking. This is why me as a jump starter, I am not about providing eons of more information and like tactics because to me, most people like most people are overweight. They don't not. There's not a million and a half things out there that you can't learn from for free or paid to learn how to lose weight. I mean, my wife always gets on me. Here's the thing with my own personal life. And you can say, oh, well, you're a man or you're this or that. Whatever. Here's the reality. Every time I gain a bunch of weight, my weight seems to get up to about 185, the peak almost 190. That's where I sit. And I don't ever let it get past that. But here's the thing. Ideally, for me personally, I sit between about 170 to 175. Now, I like ice cream. Now, if I go and get ice cream, you know, a pint of it, seven days a week, and a Kinder, and a cinnamon roll in the morning, and I do that every day, it doesn't take long, and then I don't move much. 
It doesn't take long for it to pound the weight on. And then guess what? I don't have to like be one of those people running and sweating and, you know, working out like crazy. And it's like this horrible experience. (laughs) Well, maybe it is great for them. I don't know. Feels horrible for me. I like to walk. I like to ride my electric bike. I like to keep life. It doesn't mean things aren't quote unquote hard, but you know, you cut down a tree with a chainsaw, you can cut down with a butter knife. I mean, they both cut it down potentially, but one's going to be a lot easier than the other. We have a choice a lot of times in life. So for me, what do I do? And this is answering your question in my long drawn out ways. Um, That's why people love me. But is that all I have to do is start cutting out the carbs. Cut out the carbs. That's it. Then just pretty much the same activity I'm already having. Like I did it. And like it takes a little longer maybe. But I've done this multiple times in my life. I gained the weight back. Now, see, part of the bigger problem is, is the habits that I have because I lose the weight and then I just start doing the other things again. But that's not the point of this. The point is that losing weight isn't complicated, right? It, for most, there's always an asterisk. I get it. I'm talking about always the majority and there's always the ability to be the, out of the norm in every aspect. But as a whole, all I have to do is cut out the carbs, you know, cut out the breads, cut out the pastas to a degree, or just moderation. That works as well. Just less of it. And boom, over the course of three or four weeks, I lose 10 or 15 pounds. I mean, I was just, I got down to 175 and over the weekend with Valentine's Day, I was back up to 180. What am I at today? 175. I just had a couple days where I ate a little bit more and then boom, I knocked it off. Now I'm, I'm, I'm being goofy here, but what I'm saying here is what do we do to lead groups of people and delegate the director on productions? Start doing it, right? I got a video. I don't know if it's synced up here. Uh, hopefully this will play. People have heard it and seen it before, but I'm going to play it here. In 10 years, I hope to uh, have a very successful business um, with my video production stuff. Um, As you can tell, I'm not the actor. (laughs) Not at all. Um, I I like to be behind the camera in front of this, you know, putting stuff together. An amazing 2011. I started with nothing and um, I've just surrounded myself with really good people and you know anything's possible. I'm kind of goofy and uh, kind of awkward in front of the camera because again I like to be behind it. Hey everybody it's Michael Gavin here and I'm super excited to be with you on Wednesday. We're going to do this video in 60 seconds or less. Thank you very much. Just kidding. All right let's go at it. So I am fired up. Find what you're passionate about but keep trying. Even in my trying to find what lights me up I keep failing. I keep doing things. I keep trying so I can find that thing. All right, so for those of you who aren't watching this live as I record it, uh, you can get the gist. It's on my website at at, uh, jumpstartsessions.net under the about. But, um, you know, the reality of that is is that beginning video is me at like 18 years old in my parents' basement. And uh, no confidence, obviously, in that one and the next one. I did not want to be in front of the camera I kept saying that, and um, that's just that example. I mean, you know, you got to start. And see, my evolution has been MIA, which I made up years after I had had all these things happen, which was massive, imperfect action. And my new evolution to that is massive, inspired action. That's my next maturity level of it because for a long time, it's just like you got to act. I don't care what you do. Sometimes you just got to get off your butt and move, right? I've seen so many people's lives transform from just starting, just taking action, right? The thing you say you want to do, well, you might not be paid a premium yet. You might not be in demand yet. Nobody might care. Nobody might watch. Nobody, 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 whatever. But you have to start and there's no such thing as perfect. But what I found is that can get very quickly into manic imperfect action. It's like you're just crazy and all over the place and trying this and doing that and all over. And, you know, you don't know what's working or not. And you're just like overwhelmed and get burnt out. Right. Well, that's when we got to slow down the reins. Now you're good at massive imperfect action or manic action. And then we got to go to inspired. You got to start to you could start from this from the ground zero. But that power and that ability to slow down. Breathe. Believe everything will work out. Everything's working out for you every day. And to have that faith 
that it is and then be able to listen. And then what are the impulses, right? What are the breadcrumbs? What are the synchronicities? What are the things that are guiding you, leaning you? There's, there's opportunity staring us all in the face every day, but because we are so busy, sometimes busyness is doing and here's the thing I want to add into. I love watching Netflix. I love watching Hulu. I love going to the movies. I love chilling out every night. And I'm unapologetic about it anymore. There's too many people shaming people because they watch Netflix or they binge a TV show. Or they, you know what? Live you. Be you. Right? For me, I've been talking about life recipe. How much of those things do you want? And how's it working for you? Right? If you got a job and you're a computer person over people, but you got to deal with people all the time, you're probably miserable. And so therefore, you got a little bit too much people in your life. Delete some of the people. <laughs> Delete some of that, right? And that's where we want to find what's that recipe that's right for us. How much of what, you know, I like alone time. I like chill out time. I like chill out time with my wife, right? There's these things I like, but I got to, I like riding my bike. But I like riding my bike maybe six or seven days a week, but I really only like riding it more than 30 minutes to an hour, maybe once a week. Right? I don't like riding my bike for an hour or two or three or four every day. Some people do. So can we design that? Yes, we can. But is it? are you going to start taking those actions and taking those steps each and every single day towards having faith and belief that it's possible? I, I, I got the little thing here. You can see it. Um, but I'll say it. So the my desiree, this idea that too many times we have a diary, let's just say, and it's full of things that were and things that are, but we don't dream enough. But the thing sometimes is because we have such either high expectations on our dreams and then they don't, and we put smart goals to them and specific dates and all these things that then for one reason or another, if they don't happen at the exact appointed time that we've now been told to give it, you know, somebody, somebody tells you, you got to put this on there, set your date for a week from now. I mean, again, some things work for some people and some things don't. If it works for you, great. But if you found that setting goals all the time and then being disappointed because they don't happen when you thought they were, so now you feel like a great big loser because you've said all these things that never came true and never worked out. For me, it's having desires and dreams that essentially we remove the how and the when and we just have faith that it will. And I believe through things that I've experienced in my own life and that of others and the miracles that I've seen on this earth is that we have a choice. We have a choice every day to have things that we dream about, but we're shaming ourselves or others shame us for wanting it. That we need to let go of the shame and the guilt and all the negativity around these things that we would really like to have happen. But if you can find contentment and joy with what you have today and the life you live right now and continue to just twist and pull and tweak and turn the knobs and the levers to just having something that even feels that much better, but not hating where you're at and having faith that these things that you... So if you're in that position, Linda, having that faith and belief that you can get out of what you are currently in. And what I have found is the things that happen the fastest, I set the longest time frames. So recently, I haven't made a post about this, but I want to share this with everybody. Um, so, you know, I had this, you know, being the jump starter, I have had, you know, a version of it on my radar since about 2010. I did my very first one-on-one -on -one day with somebody in 2010. And we became friends, and then I had other people I did that with, and we connected, we'd keep in touch, and then they'd be like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't be where I am without you. And I thought, oh my gosh, this was a blast. Like, that was so easy. For, I don't even know what I did. I've been, I, was, I was saying that for years, <laughs> almost eight years <laughs> I was saying that, right? I don't know what I did. I'm like, I just talked to these people for eight hours, and then they're like, oh my God, my life's changed. And I'm like... Okay, you mean that wasn't hard? I didn't have a system or a structure or a blueprint or a formula or anything else. I just talked to you, believed in you, energized you, jump-started you, and off you went. All right, rock and roll. <laughs> but I was made to believe for all these years, I believed that it had to be so much more difficult, so much harder. It had to be a system and a process and an A to Z and all these things. 
And some people need that. And some people are great at delivering that, but not me. And so today I owned, I'm the jump starter, right? But here's the thing. So there's this guy I saw post on Facebook in 2012. His name was Rick Litvin. Litvin. And this particular guy posted that he paid a coach $150,000 for a year of coaching. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, why that? Jesus, Louise, that's so expensive. And everybody's going, and I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, some guy got paid 150 grand a coach. That sounds like a miracle, right? And okay, I, I, I messaged the guy and he responded, oh yes, for sure, Michael, here's his website. His name was Steve Hardison, the ultimate coach, okay? And so here's what's interesting about this is that, you know, it said 150 grand to like a million dollars. I'm like, all right, peace out, <laughs> you know? Because what? I had no possibility that was happening, and there wasn't much on the site. And still to this day, there is only one video that is more than three minutes long that you can hear this man speak. There is no podcast, no interviews, nothing. The only way to coach with him is at his house in Mesa, Arizona, in his back office, in person, two hours at a time, usually no more than once a week. $5,000 a pop. Now, I don't believe in 2012 the $5,000 a pop part was on there. Uh, probably why I definitely was like, peace out, because I, I didn't see it as possible or even relevant for me to be able to do that. Okay, flash forward almost eight years. Um, I go through this coaching program uh, back in October. I'm on fire. I'm connecting with some incredible people. They're connecting with some people. Rick Lipton pops back up. I start looking. I go to message him. I'm like, oh, my God, I messaged Rick, Rich Rick back in 2012. Okay, I look up this guy, start digging into this guy, start connecting the dots. I'm like, okay, okay. And a couple people in this group knew the guy and worked with the guy. Okay, this is interesting. Okay, I, I send the guy a friend request, sends me a message back, have a few little interactions. Okay, I'm like, you know what? The things these people are saying about this guy, I feel like this guy's a lot like me. All right, and everybody I'm telling, what would you pay $5,000 for two hours with somebody? Right? Like, why? Who would do that? And what do you get out of two hours? What does he do? What does he say? Right? What does he say and do that's worth $5,000? Okay. Now, here's where it gets good. How you can create anything, but this ability to surrender and let go. Okay? And I'll give you a few scenarios here. I'll give you the most relevant one, which is the one I'm currently talking about, and then I'll give you a few others. So... One thing without knowing it that I now know and I now understand that I've been really good at is having things that seem impossible, but I have a little bit of probability. And so as a byproduct, I'll send the email or send the message or do the thing because I think there's a chance. I always say the worst thing that's going to happen is you get a no and you get a no when you don't ask, you don't try. At least if you try, there's an opportunity for something good to happen, right? But the bad thing already happens if you don't try. So you might as well try. It's always my motto. Been for a long time. So with this guy, uh, I sent a message, actually, and I said, you know what? I want to do one of those be-with sessions. He calls it a be-with session, $5,000 for two hours. I said, I want to do with one of those in the next 12 to 18 months, okay? So one to two years almost, 12 to 18 months. I said, what's it take? Do I have to get on the wait list? Um, what do I got to do? He goes, no. Here's my address. You send a check to this when you're ready and you got to read all this stuff. And if you still feel, or no, he's, you got to read all this stuff. And then he said, if you feel like you need to do it, you want to do it still, uh, send a check to this address for $5,000 and, you know, paid in full and we'll, we'll, we'll set up, I'll get you on the calendar and you come in and we'll do it. Okay. Good deal. Now here's where the magic happens. I put it at 12 to 18 months. Cause I thought in 12 to 18 months, no problem. I can come. It's not an issue. I mean, some could argue whether it's a good allocation of money, but th that's irrelevant here in this point. But I thought $5,000 like to put towards that over the next 12 to 18 months, no problemo, right? Now, if I would have said the next 12 to 18 days, I'd have been like, that's impossible, right? Okay, so here's, here's the magic. Here's the magic. So within almost 18 days to a T from sending that message, I get an opportunity that came out of Nowhere, basically, to go to Phoenix, Arizona to film an event um, to pop in for a buddy who had family issues and his other shooter had an issue. And then I had to come in and save the day for him, basically. Um, this happened at 10 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. They were leaving on Thursday. 
uh, in the morning, and the shoot was going to be on Friday. And so I'm like, yeah, I can come through for you, brother, blah, 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 blah. This is like 10 o'clock at night. Here's what happened. 1030 at night, I send this guy a message, and I said, well, the synchronicities are in full swing. I said, as the universe will have it, I'll be in Phoenix from Thursday through Sunday, and I just wanted to see if I can meet up with you uh, for five minutes to give you a hug and a high five and be on my way, basically. I'll come to your house. Now, in my own humble opinion again, I just sent the message because anything's possible, but at the end of the day, I was more expecting and almost thought, well, what is the rejection going to look like, right? How's he going to reject me? That's, that's actually more what I thought. I wanted, I wanted to see that message, though. I was like, well, what will he say? He's going to be like, oh, I don't have time. Oh, it's $5,000. Like, what is he going to say? He sends me back within about 10 to 15 minutes. He says, meet me on my front porch at 4 p.m. on Friday. I'm like, God dang, oh, my God. I got to connect, make sure we're I can get there through that time. I'm like, all right, here we go. And um, lo and behold, lo and behold, 18 days almost to the day that I said 12 to 18 months, I would, and this guy doesn't do much. There's not many opportunities to meet him where you'd like at an event or something where, you know, you might get to say hello for a second. Like, you know, he doesn't go to any events. He doesn't interview on podcasts. He doesn't do interviews. There's nothing, nothing. So I'm like, okay, if I want to meet this guy and interact and get the, the, the session, it's going to be five grand. Now, if we remove money from the equation in the pot that we always have, that I don't have the money and I don't know how that would happen and da 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 da. Well, I got 15 minutes with a man that charges $5,000 for two hours. I ended up with almost 15 minutes and I could have had more, but after he gave me this crazy story, it was incredible. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I just sat there and he goes, you know what? I'm going to give you a little bit more time. And I said, thank you. Thank you. Because I'm long winded, my friends. <laughs> you know me. 42 minutes in, right? I don't know how long some of you have been on here, but time flies. Uh, but I just said thank you. And he says, well, you're welcome to my uh, – you're welcome to the, the, the front porch here as long as you like. I'm going to go be with my wife. All right, rock and roll. And uh, maybe I'll save the rest of that story for another time because it's, it's relevant but not as relevant as I want to chime into a few other things here. Uh, but it was, it was insane what happened afterwards. I just say I had, a, I had my Uber driver in tears that was like took up 45 minutes in a flat tire to get there. Um, so anyways, but here's the thing that I want to say about that. The things that I feel are so out of reach and so impossible but have probability and have possibility um, are the ones that for some reason my crazy butt seems to make happen. And I believe it's because I believe that it could be. It could be possible. But I completely surrender and let go of any attachment to it happening. And the reason I remove the attachment from it happening is because the reality is the possibility in my mind is low, but there, but the attachment's not there because it's like, oh, I'll send the message, but I'm going to go on my life because the probability is low. That happened way back in the day that changed my life with Tim Ferriss. If you read his book, you really think if you were to ever email him, you're not going to get a reply. And so why email a person that's not going to reply? That's what most think. That's the wiring of most of us. If he ain't going to reply, why email? And, you know, I wanted to go to the launch party. It was $10 for a ticket. I bought the tickets, but I didn't know if I was going to go. I thought, well, maybe I could do a video. And then I saw somebody comment. They said they wanted a refund. Uh, Tim actually commented back, and he said, email Charlie at the 4-Hour Body. He'll get you taken care of. So I just thought, you know, what do I have to lose? I have to lose. It was on like a Friday in the evening that I sent the email, and an hour later I got a response back from Charlie and he said, yeah, this is great. It's going to be free, right? And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and I flew out to New York City just a few days later on my own dime. I ended up sleeping in the baggage claim, and I had to get back to another, uh, another job that I had. Um, but I did the same thing with t t t uh, Tony Robbins back in the day. And I have a lot of other ones where I just sent the email, ironically enough, via email. That's how I met my wife as well, via LL Instant Messenger back in the day. <laughs> Being a creeper. <laughs> But all these things have this no attachment or, oh, I'm going to do that in 10 years and then letting it go, right? The desire. So the thing is, what makes things a problem is because you take things that look impossible and you put them on such a close 
um, you put it so close to you that you have no clue on earth how it ever happened. So you give up basically, right? So how easy is it to say in 10 years from now, you could have a million dollars in the bank? Like, does that feel hard, heavy, difficult? That might be still seem impossible to a lot of you, but does it seem less impossible and less hard and difficult if you said in 10 years, I have a million dollars in the bank versus 10 months or 10 days or 10 minutes? Or if you said in 10 minutes, I'm going to have a million dollars. You'd be like, how the hell is that going to happen? And then you're like, that's not possible. And you have all this resistance because you make it so impossible. Thus, you have zero belief that it is possible. Whereas for me, million dollars in the bank, 10 years ago, sure, I could make that happen, right? Now, could it happen in five or six or seven or right at 10? Who knows? I didn't put a date, right? You don't have to put a date in a specific, but just keep repeating it. Keep kind of thinking about it. Don't beat yourself up because it ain't there. Don't beat yourself up because you don't have it. Don't beat yourself up because you don't need it. But we can have these desires and dreams and work towards that what I find when you remove the resistance, instead of it taking 12 to 18 months, it takes 12 to 18 days, right? The problem is, is we make things so heavy and difficult that they never happen because we have no possibility and no dream that it's possible. So anyways, I love when there's tons of people watching and I say all these out there things. <laughs> and you could always email uh, uh, Michael at jumpstarters.net or send me a message on my Facebook. Um, or the main thing that I do now is coach in your pocket. You can go to coachinyourpocket.net. That's my main form of, of coaching people and helping people. Um, I do a little seven day trial to rock that out. And then from there, uh, there's a cost, but, uh, I love sending audios. And for me, you know, doing this right now, um, doing that, like it's been really transformative to support people one-on-one and to be supported one-on-one. Um, because all it takes is these little bitty shifts in your perspective, in your mind, in your thoughts, and you go from 12 to 18 months to 12 to 18 days. And there's not, I don't have this perfect science to exactly to a T that, you know, you say 12 to 18 months and that thing's going to happen in 12 to 18 days. I mean, the reality is I didn't get the exact experience for the $5,000 thing, but the way the guy spoke and everything else, I feel like I just on certain levels got a, you know, two, uh, uh, an hour and 45 minute less but it would have just been exaggerated. And so too many times we, we make things so specific and so hardcore that we miss that the thing can happen over here, right? The thing you think is going to cost you five grand could happen over here for zero grand. It just doesn't come in the exact way that you think, right? And so, you know, and a lot of people, um, you know, that lady started that company who had cancer after she survived and that horrible thing that happened to her turned into a blessing in so many people's lives, turned into a blessing in her life. And so at times when we go through life, we can have these things that look like curses, be curses and be curses forever. We can turn them into blessings. We can bless our own life and can bless others' lives. And I used to put so much blame and shame on my past and, oh, I should be here and I wish I was there and I should have been here faster and I can't believe I'm wasting time and I'm doing this. We just release It's all part of the process. Before I jet here today, on those of you catching this live in the recording again, you can catch these all in podcast form, uh, jumpstartsessions.net. Um, that gives you where you can download them all. It's on iTunes, all major podcasting platforms. Um, you can check it out. If you've loved listening to this, I would always appreciate a good old review. Um, if you're enjoying this live, give it some likes and love because good old engagement, you know, everybody watches. I always find that my content seems to have a lot more private interaction than public, especially the topics, I guess, that I cover. But uh, any interaction always helps. Reviews, likes, love, comments, shares, all those things help get the message out um, to people who need to hear it. And uh, 
people who need that little nudge and people who need that extra little um, belief in them. You know, the guy that I had, the Uber driver, uh, everything that I was saying was just hitting him so hard uh, because he was about to give up. And some people just need that little bit of encouragement. And for me, uh, being the jump starter is, is more about just being the catalyst, right? Anybody can be a jump starter. You can jump start others. You can help others. Um, you can brighten someone's day. You can put a smile on someone's face. And, you know, for me, um, it's a powerful thing. And we can make that choice every day. So any other thoughts, questions, comments, yeah, buts, rebuttals, or anything on the old live here before I jet off? I know there's a little bit of a delay. Um, I love doing this, you know. And for any of those of you listening, just start. Whatever's that thing that you're dreaming about doing, remove. And I've seen this. Actually, I'll say this part. The guy handed me, the guy that he had just finished, the guy that uh, he just finished coaching, the guy I just mentioned, hands me an envelope with $5,000 checking it, not to give to me, but that he just received from that coaching client. And he says, I've never done this for money. And I find it so fascinating because um, I really, really, really see a trend of the people who actually generate the most amount of revenue. Because uh, here's the thing, you can generate, I mean, there's a couple things here. You can generate a, ton, generate a ton of money and be miserable and be living paycheck to paycheck. You can be generating hardly no money and be miserable and living paycheck to paycheck. You can generate a ton of money and be super happy and have a total abundance of money. And you can also have hardly any money and have more money in a bank than a person who makes a million dollars a year. And you can be super happy. All these types of people exist. Which type are you going to choose And so the people that I see who have the most happiness, the most joy, and the most money, if that's something that's uh, of any importance to you, is that it's the people who start from that place. I'm going to do this because I love it. Now, the only shift you have to make is don't go like I did for years. If you're going to do what you love, you got to get by in life. And if you're going to do something that, you know, makes a lot of money, you got to be miserable. I don't believe that at all anymore. I don't believe that one bit. I used to believe it. And guess what? No matter how much money I made, my reality was getting by. That was my identity. And so if you think making more money is going to solve your problems, if you don't fix your identity, if you don't make shifts, then the reality is no matter how much money you make, you'll continue to live the same reality you do now. You'll just forget that 10 years ago you were getting by and getting paycheck to paycheck off of $20,000 a year when you were you know, right out of high school or college. And now 10 years later, you're making $300,000 a year and somehow, magically, you're still getting by and you don't have any extra money. It's, it's, a, it's a miracle. And, you know, you're looking at a person who, for the majority of my career, spent every dollar I did on debt, uh, through debt, and that was my reality until I shifted. Um, And we can all make those shifts. Anthony, I'm in Illinois, my man. Southern Illinois near St. Louis, Missouri. Um, So anyways, besides the question of where I'm located, any final things? Anthony, any final things? We're going to wrap this up in probably five minutes, unless nobody has anything. Um, Yeah. And in regards to my coaching that I'm doing as the jump starter now, so much focus there. I mainly coach via Coach in Your Pocket. You can check that out. Um, and then people who are coaching your pocket clients, I have something called Jump Circle. And Jump Circle is once a month right now. I'll bring people together um, in person or not in person on Zoom in a virtual call once a month uh, where I can see everybody and interact and, and, and get people to you know realize that you're not alone on this journey. And then uh, three times a year, I'm doing a uh, two-day uh, in-person get-together. So... Anyways, would love to have you there. You can go to coachinyourpocket.net. You can go send me a message, send me an email, whatever you need to do to get connected. And then uh, let's get into a conversation, typically uh, via Voxer. That's where I have some great uh, connections there. It makes some magic happen. So anyways, that's it. Britt, Silby, Beverly, Derek, Mo, Josh, Neil, Alan, Jody, Jennifer, who's ever on here at the end. Appreciate you all. Give some likes and love. Um, that's one of my biggest things in my life that for creating my life there, Anthony, is that I 
religiously right now, overall, uh, for uh, since last July, I have released minimum one episode every week on the Jumpstart Sessions podcast. That is where I'm consistent. Once a week, an email comes out with that as well. That is the only major place that I am consistent in that type of form. Otherwise, um, I really don't like schedules. <laughs> I don't like have to be doing things at specific times on a regular basis. Um, and so I'm building my life and have my life as much as possible where it's 80-20 though. It's not 100% not scheduled. We have scheduled our you know monthly, once a month events. We have um, on Zoom, we have our uh, um, uh, group two-day in-person thing scheduled, but that's like 18 days out of the year. Uh, you know, so for me, that's definitely a good 80-20. That's like a 90-10 right now, right? Uh, so for the me, but I didn't believe, just to use those extra four or five minutes here, I didn't believe that that was possible, right? I thought, well, no, 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 wait, hold on. It's got to be looked this way, right? I got to go live once a week at this specific time and specific day and specific this and specific that. And there's lots of resistance for me with that. Now, other people, that's like heaven. They're like, okay, I know every Thursday I do this. Over and over in my life, the more and more I fill my calendar with have-tos, the less and less joy and happiness I have. Now, some people like their calendar all scheduled out daily, hour by hour, and that brings them joy. If it brings you joy, don't let me or anyone else tell you any different, right? You got to find what's the right recipe for you. You got to find what works for you. You got to find, find, find for you. And that is the work I do with people. I don't care what you want to do. I don't care how you want to do it. I just want to find what really resonates for you, what feels right, provide you some perspectives, some thoughts, see what resonates, take inspired action. Take inspired action, magic will start to happen a lot faster than you think it would ever have been possible. And so for me, I used to look at that. But this guy just gave you an example of $5,000. There's people, literally, he even, you know, he said something on a post. and this, There was a gal that flew in from London every other week. Twice a month, flew in from London for two hours and flew back. Yeah, he does have some very wealthy people. That's irrelevant. The reality is he has built an entire practice where every single soul who wants to be with him and pay him to coach has to pay him in full and come to him at his house in a back office, right? It's not even that big. That is the only way. And there are thousands of examples of people on this earth, whether they're a videographer, a filmmaker, a photographer, a designer, a florist, an Etsy person, a crafter, or anybody else who has designed a life and a business exactly how it serves them best, which will take it full circle in the sense, of, do they like computers over people or people over computers? And when you figure out that metaphor and you start filling in the blocks from there, you can spend a lot more time with your computer. You can spend a lot more time with people. That's up to you. Just find the mix that works for you. For this guy right here, I don't want to spend much time in front of a computer, in front of not interacting with people. That's why I even limit this to a degree because I would rather be speaking to Anthony Ortiz right now by himself one-to-one -one, than I would be just preaching to every human being that could or would or maybe should listen to this. And maybe or maybe they don't. But I know that somebody hears it and it helps them for sure. That's why I do it. I like doing it. It's easy for me. Uh, but I'd rather spend the majority of my time interacting with people in a one-to-one -one type of environment where I can be like a laser. You know, it's a little bit harder to like have one car and a jumper cable that splits off into 18 different cars and have the one car jump all the other cars at the same time. <laughs> right? It's more potent and powerful if you got one car to one car and you jump it. That's me. I'm owning it now. I didn't own it for a long time. And if you own your thing, my other final nugget is you can be like the 767 barrier that I mentioned earlier. And I've had that happen multiple times in my life. When you break that barrier, you're in flow and you're like water and you're in the zone and things are just clicking. It's possible. Do you believe it's possible for you? So reach out, rock and roll. Appreciate it. And uh, da, 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 da. there he is. Oh, my gosh. I'll say that. There's the thing, right? We all have a little bit of both for sure. That's life. That's the thing. We all get our own little life recipe. How much do we like computers, people, this or that? There's no right. There's no wrong. 
right? And for three weeks, you might like nothing but computers, but be a people person. That's fine. But you might find it starts to de-energize you. Now we got a shift. And maybe you go, I'm an extremist, so that's my problem sometimes. But I've learned to live with it. But we got to find what's the rhythm because we're all a little bit of everything. Just some of us lean in certain directions more than the other, right? And wherever you lean, that's fine. Own it. Own it. Own it, my friends. Own it. Rock and roll. We'll be right back. 